Welcome to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast with your hosts, Richard Hill and Matthew Darlitz. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. My name is Matthew Darlitz, Editor-in-Chief of the Science of Psychotherapy and here with Managing Editor Richard Hill. Hi, Richard. Hi, Matt. Fantastic to see you again. We're we're, uh, down here in Australia sliding, desperately trying to slide into uh, towards winter and having a great difficulty doing so. (laughs) We we seem to be really warm. I've got a bit of a jacket on now, but I could take it off easily. So so, I'm not quite sure what's happening in the Northern Hemisphere, but of course, we're going to find out shortly because that's where we're heading again. We are. We're going to go across and talk to Dr. Pat Williams. Now, he's a master certified coach. He's an accomplished author, and uh, he's considered one of the early pioneers of coaching. And as you'll find out, he's a really nice guy as well. Uh, yeah, written a fabulous, uh, well, the third edition of the book that he's talked about, about therapists, uh, uh, the, the relationship of therapists to life coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll talk about that and we'll, we'll of course, have all the the, the uh, appropriate sort of links and things in the show notes for you. Uh, here's another aspect of dealing with human beings that is incorporates human beings as humanistic form. And remember, you can catch all this on our YouTube channel as well. That's right. Uh, so you can go in and and see, and you've got to go and see just to see the background in Pat's office because uh, <laughs> in his backyard. But uh, come in and join us and support us there. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you, you, you get little notices about what's coming up. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we do appreciate your support. If you if you jump across to the YouTube channel, that's great. Um, follow us there. Uh, also, if you're a professional, come across to the Academy, and that's the science of psychotherapy.net. And that's our Academy site um, for a small monthly fee. You can become part of the Academy and have access to over a decade of material that we've gathered together. Yep, a thousand hours of material. You get certificates on a lot of them that you can uh, uh, present to your associations. And uh, as, as far as I know, most associations are very happy to accept our certificates as valid uh, continuing education. Uh, do let us know if you put a certificate in and it isn't accepted, and we'll mm. contact the association and try and um, uh, establish a relationship. But for now, we're going coaching. Dr. Pat Williams, thank you so much for joining us here on the Science of Psychotherapy. It's so great to meet you. My pleasure. Great to meet you both. Yep. And, and yes, Richard here. And it, it is great. Uh, we've got you over here. Now, uh, people won't see this on the podcast, but if they look at us on the YouTube channel, you are sitting there behind this fabulous sunset and scenery, which actually apparently is your backyard, which is absolutely yes. beautiful. But you've brought us here and you, you've got that wonderful joy and, and serenity and, and peace inside your head as well, because uh, I, I really love uh, this this book, this third edition of your book, talking about coaching, about life coaching, about the nature of therapists in it. And maybe just as a start, uh, if we just sort of give you that generic open-ended question, how, how did you get into this? What what led and gave rise to this um, this work and, and the nature of the three editions uh, arriving where we are here yeah. in 2023? Well, I'll try to make the story short, but it's like when I when I went to undergraduate school for, well, undergraduate school, I missed Psychology 101. I was late to enroll because I was out in a camping thing. And so the only class left was Psychology of Satisfaction. Whoa, that was when I started learning about Maslow and Rogers. And it's like, 
Then I had to take Psych 101. It was Freud and B.F. Skinner. And I went, no, that's not me. So I went on to get my master's in humanistic psychology and then a doctorate in transpersonal psychology. By the time I was 27, and my my dissertation was uh, transpersonal psychology and the evolution of consciousness. You know, but for what I knew at that time, it was the it was the apex of the human potential movement in the 70s, in America anyway. And then I I became a psychologist, kind of like a sheep in wolf's clothing. I really didn't like giving people label, diagnosing, et cetera. Um, but in America, if you wanted to build your insurance company, you had to have a diagnosis. 309.28, adjustment disorder with mixed emotional features, you know. Um, but I think I was always more coach-like before I knew the term coaching. I wanted to treat people more people to people beyond the diagnosis, not just look at the illness, but what is it you want to get out of your way so you can live a more fruitful life. So that's what that. And then I heard about, well, I actually started doing executive coaching in 1990 as part of my practice but it was like leadership development with newly promoted leaders, mostly men in 1990. And I did the same thing with them in their office that I would have done if they'd come to my office, but they didn't want to park their Jaguar outside of Shrink's office. So I went there and charged double. Um, but I realized now that wasn't really coaching. It was a mixture of counseling, coaching, consulting, you know, it was good. And then the coaching movement kind of started here in the early 90s. I heard about it. I'm a founding member of the International Coach Federation, one of their first master certified coaches. So I was able to, like a periscopic view, like a periscope, I could see around the corner and I said, oh, this is going to be a, not a shift, but an, an additive service that people can get when they don't feel they're broken or hurt. So coaching was a way for people to have that confidential conversation with a well-trained person and they didn't get a diagnostic label. So coaching, you know, and now there's relationship coaching, ADD coaching, sports coaching, family coaching, business coaching, everything else. My book is about life coaching because that's what everybody does, even if you don't put that on your business card. Right. In fact, I recommend if you're going to get a job with the federal government or IBM or Microsoft, you probably don't want life coach on your business card, but it is what you do. Well, people don't even have business cards anymore, I don't think. But yeah, yes, yeah. It's, it it does. But 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 life is what we do. Yes, uh, and and there there is this strange thing, and I used to say this. I remember uh, years ago when I was talking about some aspects, and and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about you know what you're saying in there is is um, the nature of coaching in relation to therapy. Um, but the uh, I used to say that, that what a business wanted you to do was was take your life off and leave that on the on the coat rack at the door, go yes. in, function successfully for me, right. screw all the rest of your stuff, then mm -hmm. go out. And of course, what people found they found it harder and harder to to get the jacket back on, get the life jacket back on again. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's there's that intermingling of. Um, of uh, coaching for skills, coaching for capacity, and coaching for maintaining the integration. 
you know that that um, that humanistic. Uh, I am a person at, mm-hmm. at work. So, how did you find this this flow? As you, we're just getting back into the nineties, there as you went in, because there was a lot of there was a lot of hard nosed, heavy hitting coaching. Like right. this is how you will become the great success. Follow the five steps. We still have that to an extent. What was right. what was that like coming up? Because uh, you sound like you were you were uh, quite humanistic and not the mad aggressive. Uh, you know. Well, you know, I often tell people. I mean, my first book was Therapist as Life Coach: Transforming Your Practice, and I'll, I've got a story about Australia coupled with that too. But it was like therapists, psychologists were never, were often made fun of. I mean, look at American TV, Bob Newhart, the movie, What About Bob? Uh, There was not anything good until Ordinary People and then maybe Goodwill Hunting. No psychologist was ever shown, of course, in Goodwill Hunting, Robin Williams threw his patient against the wall. So maybe (laughs) he was quite nuts. Yeah, it was Maybe that wasn't so good. But it, it, it was, and coaching is the same thing. Some Saturday Night Live made fun of it. It's, it's, but you know, if you come off as a professional and not a sales schmuck, um, coaching is not a promise to triple your income or get this and that. And, and, but it's been usurped. I mean, everybody calls themselves a coach now money coach, relationship coach, sex coach, you name it. Um, it's a term that is, overused. And when people find out there's a real profession who has 60,000 members in 155 countries, then they know some people are well-trained. I mean, that's just the International Coach Federation. There's other groups too. Uh, so it's it's evolved to the point where people don't say, oh, what sport do you coach? You know, it's beyond that. It's more in the public eye and ear now, I think. And, and what uh, I notice in 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 the book, as we go through, um, you give uh, uh, you, we utilize the terms of of therapeutic uh, techniques and therapeutic uh, approaches, which, right. which I think is 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 more to the point. Um, so there's you do blend it all the way through. But what I notice in this edition <laughs> is that you um, you spend less time. Oh, I don't know explaining. Um, mm-hmm. Explaining, I, 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 as we mentioned before, in, in one of the earlier editions, you actually had, you know, what are the differences and similarities between coaching and therapy, trying to to explain it. Whereas um, uh, in this edition, I feel as though you're more comfortable with the fact that yes. most of the reading public get it. Yes. So, how about some of these things? You know, uh, you know, as you whiz through the index, you can see these things popping out. Mm-hmm. You know, solution focused, humanistic, you know, Maslow, uh, Rogers. How how have you managed that integration? Well, I tell a lot of coaches who aren't familiar with psychological theory, like in the first chapter, and I've got a whole article on this I publish elsewhere. Life coaching is the operating system and how it got influenced by psychological theorists but from 1900 on. I mean, Freud had his inner circle with Adler and Jung and Ostagioli who left. You know, they left because Freud got a little formulaic and other things. So yes. they, created, yeah. they, created, they created their own more humanistic, more person-centered, more future-oriented kinds of theories. And that those were my heroes, Adler, Jung, Asa Jolie, who created psychosynthesis. 
and then Rogers, Maslow, et cetera. So they are the fathers, and 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 I could include Virginia Satir and and uh, Horney, Karen Horney. I mean, they're. I like people to know about the masters who came before them that laid the groundwork. You know, maybe even Socrates. You know, the unexamined life is not worth living. I mean, come on. So, I want coaches to know enough about psychological theory and adult learning theory and other things to know where does this come from? It wasn't just made up. And nowadays there's so much research and statistics, neurology. I put a lot in the new book about emotions and psychoneurology and, um, you know, I mean, I could just say real quickly, the early days of coaching was like, Oh God, if, if you're, so if your client starts crying or they look a little upset, you need to talk about them seeing a different professional. Why? They're not yeah. falling apart. They're just having a moment. You know, I mean, they're not emotionally fragile if you've screened them, right? So I think coaching has become, well, I'm giving a talk to the Adlerian, North American Adlerian Society next week. And it's really Adler's principles on the importance of connection and significance. That's what people are getting with a coach, they're actually getting a sense of somebody who can listen objectively and confidentially, uh, and the connection happens that may not get elsewhere. Well, and the pandemic magnified that. I mean, it magnified the loss of connection for people. So I don't mean to ramble so long, but I think coaching has evolved to the point where it's not a profession that will solve your problems. It's a profession where you have a conversation, several of them, uh, where you explore who you are, what is your why, you know, the why of why you're doing what you're doing or what are you not doing that you wish you weren't. And the new era of what you mentioned earlier, Richard, is the adage of don't take your work home and don't take your home to work. That's out the window. I mean, you, you cannot do that. You cannot not do that. I mean, you are t taking your work to home. Thankfully, there's a lot being written today about the importance of safe self-disclosure in the workplace to empathy, uh, emotional agility, and, and that's being trained and taught. Empathy, you know, <laughs> it's being embraced as a, an important human factor in success in the business world too. Mm. Yeah. Pat, I'm sitting here listening, you know, as a stereotypical psychotherapist and I'm thinking, ah, oh, yeah, can't, uh, the coaching idea, you know, sounds good. I think I probably, you know, lean into that a little bit. Huh? What are, so practically, what are the sort of things that I should be looking at doing um, to move more into that <coughs> coaching mode? Um, you, you mentioned the International Coaches Federation, like, do I need to join a group like that? Like what, apart from reading your book? <laughs> yeah. What, what, yeah, read what book. Else do, yeah. Yeah. What do I need to do? Well, I do think it's important for people to follow the profession and the International Coach Federation has become the global. I mean, there's the European Mentoring and Coaching Council. There's, there's, uh, there's Australian chapters of the ICF and there's mm -hmm. 187 some chapters around the world, which is great. Now, have they become a little bureaucratic? Of course, but the credentialing is more for the coach than it is for the client. 
right. a lot of people won't ask if I'm credentialed unless they're a corporate entity that is requiring a certain level of certification. And that has, that has increased. Okay. Um, so I, I think what you need to do is take some introductory courses from a recognized training entity, which probably means they're stamped by the ICF as approved for their coach training. And then there's varieties of that. They can meet the credentials and you can get, God, there are all kinds of different training within the guidelines of the ICF, what it takes to be an accredited school, and then what it takes to be an accredited coach. There's eight competencies diluted down from 11. Actually, diluted is a bad word there. They're reworded in a more refined. Yeah. You refined. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, if, if I'm coming in as a, um, you know, as a master's level you know, therapists with decades of experience. So I'm right. assuming that there's some, uh, you, you know, you're not sort of starting from zero. You know, I'm not a 20-year-old who has no right. experience. Right. That's why I started my school in 1998, because it was geared toward graduate degree professionals who wanted to add coaching to their business. So our, our school, in fact, the first edition of the book was Lessons from the Institute for Life Coach Training. That's and I changed the title this time because it's more global. But I, I think there are certain schools where a therapist-trained person can find, now you don't have to take a 12-week course on how to listen. You already know about ethics. You know about building rapport. So you're not starting at ground zero. But you do need to learn the intricacies and the nuances of what is, what's a coaching conversation? Because a lot of therapists will say, I, oh, I, I need to let go of some of my expertise because I don't tell the client how to solve a problem. They're not here for therapy. They're here for coaching. So it's the context of the relationship. You will have different clients as a therapist than you have as a coach. Mm. Mostly, mostly. What What's a bit of a, a sort of a generic role play, but a description of it. So, um, you 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 you're coming to my office. Well done. But anyway, yeah. you you rock one one way or the other. Your office or mine. We come in. We sit down. What's what's sort of the way in which you approach that uh, that early in, uh, opening engagement? Well, if it's in person, my coaching for years was by telephone. Now it can be by Zoom. But if I was doing in person by Zoom by phone, it doesn't matter. It's like I might say, Richard. Okay, we both come from whatever we were doing before, let's take a moment to get centered. Let's take a breath. Anything you need to say to kind of get rid of or leave outside the room before we get started? A short thing. Don't start with a big issue. Anything you need to let go of briefly, I'll sneak in there. And then say, how would you like to use our time today? We've got 45 minutes together. What did you bring for us to take a look at or explore? What I teach my mentees is, what do you want to discuss? No, I don't say, what do you want to discuss? Because that implies I'm going to be part of the discussion and maybe it, you'll assume I'm part of the solution. I'm not part of the solution, but I am part of creating the environment for you to explore what you don't yet know. Right. So you're the cat, you're a catalyst. So it's full yes, that's a great yeah. word. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and those words you said there, exactly. I've I've been, this is, my whole game uh as well uh 
It is discovering what you don't yet know. So this, yeah. of course, takes us into what um, uh, various descriptions. I mean, I just, just use the term possibility field. Yes. Uh, and that most of people, a lot of the times what I find is uh, people are giving generic solutions. Um, mm-hmm. This is in therapy, but certainly in, in coaching. So, you know, here's the way you'll solve your money problems. Here's the way you'll solve your your company right. problems. But they're giving generic sort of uh, solutions or they're um or they're sitting back and uh, trying to clean up the mess um but actually uh, as we see from solution focus from certainly thing Rogers said certainly uh, Milton Erickson was saying these things mm-hmm. it's actually the things that we don't yet know the the right. if the if the solution were in what we're already doing right. then we wouldn't be having coaching so um how what is it like working with business people who seem to al- depending on where they are in the company, seem to operate a lot in how do I do what I'm doing better Yes. rather than have that openness to how do I do something that I'm not doing? Um, is this a difficulty? <clears throat> this I can see this as being a different bridge. I do make a distinction, and it's actually early in the book, the distinction between transactional and transpersonal psych- I mean, transformational psychology. Yeah. If you come in to finish writing your book or exercise more or learn learn these skills to move up to managerial status because you got promoted and now you're manager of the team you used to work with, that happens a lot. There's some skill sets that the people paying for your coaching may want you to achieve. You know, better uh, peer communication, um, less uh, what do I get off and um, – uh, less abrasiveness or something like that. Learn how to be better communicative. Okay, we can coach on those. But what else do you want? Because we can talk about anything, your family, your health, et cetera, that does not go in the report. So right. it is a, that can be the transformational. And here's what I teach my students and now my mentees that I train going for certification. Transformational coaching is this, is essentially letting yourself go deeper. And I use the metaphor of snorkeling in the Caribbean or the Great Barrier Reef, because I was one of my first time I ever scuba dive was in the Great Barrier Reef. I'm not going a hundred feet deep. That that's a little scary and I have to have somebody with me. But snorkeling is just looking under the surface, which can also be a little scary the first time for people. There's beauty. There's newness, and then maybe a shark floats by or something. Not a white, but a nurse shark. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, you know, it's it's just it, it's a clear view. So the snorkeling metaphor is a new clear view, and it's just what's right under the surface. So we do go for here's the psychological term: what's in the unconscious? What do you mm. not yet know? Not the deep dark unconscious, but what do you what have you not yet discovered that our query can get to and it's i tell people it's not that the client hasn't told you because they don't want to they don't yet know what it is it comes from the exploration solution focused therapy often when the solution was had they were done well that's where coaching can start i solved this problem now what you know now i can create the bigger picture of my life. What's down? I saw this problem that was holding me back, whether some psychological diagnostic category. Um, Erickson, I mean, Erickson's a great example of 
he didn't even know what he was doing, and neither did Virginia Satira Fritz Pearls. That's why NLP, that's why they studied them. They were doing magic without understanding it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Milton Erickson's work, and I he, a lot of it was questions or stories or metaphors. Um, I do a lot of that in coaching, and I have that embedded in the book. Coaching is about the unconscious. We They don't use that word a lot, but it is. And then creating the future the client wants. They create it. Yeah. And it, you know, you'd give a try, you try something and you get some results. That's all it is, results. It's not failure. I don't use that word. What did yeah. you learn? Yeah. I know Matt, I, I know Matt's champing. I can I can <laughs> see it in his face, but just just quickly drop in. Um, my mentor was Ernest Rossi. Oh, okay. Was, okay. So Milton, you know, I'm, you know. Two, what is it? Two uh, steps of whatever it is, six degrees, yeah, two, two degrees. degrees. Yeah. So I yeah. studied with Bill O'Hanlon, who was Milton Erickson's I, gardener. I know uh, Bill, Bill well. His training. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're all we're, we're, we're Ericksonian boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I just but, wanted no, to, to say that to Pat. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a little bit about um, in terms of maybe it's energy. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so a, a lot of my work has been, you know, with – trauma, psychopathologies, personality disorders, and, you know, there's a certain energy um, that's required and it's taken yeah. from you and that. And yeah. then when I have done things which are probably erring more toward what you've just been describing in terms of coaching, um, I actually receive a lot of energy from that. And I'm wondering yeah. if, you know, what sort of observations you've made with yourself when it comes to doing coaching versus more traditional psychotherapy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, God bless the people that really see the difficult therapy cases. I used to specialize in post-traumatic stress, sex abuse mm -hmm. survivors, crash victims, veterans. And now I'm doing a lot of research of research. I don't do the research. I like the executive summaries and the results. That's what I like. Post-traumatic growth has become a big thing. There, you know, um, the myth of normal by Gabor Mate, you know, that whole thing he's doing is fabulous. If I was doing severe trauma work at the end of the, and I did, I would be drained by the end mm -hmm. of the day. Yeah. And in coaching, we're actually energized because we're, we're working, but we're working at an artistic level. That's, um, it's got a flow to it. And it's, it is, I, I tell my students, if you're, exhausted or tired you work too hard doesn't mean you're not working hard but you're you're trying to get in there and figure out the client's problem and come up with something so that even if a client is silent just be quiet and then you might say what's coming up mm -hmm. i mean we're yeah. not trying to fix a diagnosis um so you're right on I, you know i could add a little adage at this point you may want to edit this but i first well, I first came to Australia in 94 with my two daughters um, post-divorce, but I was at a Rotary conference in Melbourne. I was the president, so I got to come for free for those four days. And then we stayed Then we stayed three weeks, and my daughters never forgot that trip. No reservations, no plans, and it was great. Then in 2003, after my first book came out, I was hired to go up and down the coast to different colleges by – Spoken word, I think they were called. He went out of business, but I had a great trip that year. Spoke at five colleges, psychologists, master social workers in the audience. And um, that was when I met um, 
Anthony Grant and Michael Cavanaugh at University of Sydney, who had the first coaching program. Anthony has since passed away, but Michael Cavanaugh is still doing his thing. So they had a coaching program based a lot on solution-oriented approaches and Rogerian theories, but applied to a coaching frame. So I went, wow, this is amazing. Then I came back in 2007, I think, and keynoted at a conference in Sydney, I mean, in uh, Brisbane. So it was great to see how global coaching came and fond memories of those trips I have from. Yeah, fantastic. Long yeah. trips, but worth it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and coaching is is big here in Australia. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it just getting back to terms of of energy, what what sort of drains you and what gives you energy? I, I think it's probably a, it would be something to consider if you're a therapist and you are feeling a little drained because you're dealing yes. with some to to add in, you know, sort of this coaching element, um, right. even if it's you know to give you some energy back. Yeah, you don't have to quit being a therapist if you love your work, but you might want a few clients who are coming for. Um, some sort of life transformation or leadership skills or transition. I mean, it's, it, we're all in transition, right? Yeah. It's, um, but they're not broken. I mean, a lot of people came to a therapist, mostly women came to a therapist to, to have that conversation about changes they wanted to make. Well, today that can be done with a coach, a trained coach. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a very important point to bring up there. I mean, we, 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 there was a sort of a, Oh, I suppose with a derogatory term or but just a, a, a difficulty of understanding where we talked about the worried well. Yes. Um, and so a lot of therapists, uh, more in America, you, know, you you just go to see your therapist, whereas actually what you just needed was um, a, a degree of not so much uh, repairing of the past, but of opening up towards the future, which uh, yes. uh, is certainly what I'm hearing in, yes. in there. And, and certainly the work Matt and I are encouraging uh, uh, encouraging therapists to do is to broaden their understandings, to broaden their right. their their which is why we've we've got you on because we want yeah. this subject to be to be discussed as as well. Um, and in that context, the that nature of um, one one of the things you were saying a little earlier, if a client moves in towards something that's a little bit more therapeutically oriented, so you know ruptures, you know past ruptures that are, are needing to to have some work, what sort of uh, recommendations do you have for for as you're teaching people to come through? I mean, I'm imagining that you might be able to just because you've got the skills and you've had the the <laughs> understanding, you could sort of uh, chop and change a little bit through a session. But yes. what's the process for someone who's come through a coaching only type of training uh, that you, what do you advise them? Or what do you, how do you help them work with that? Yeah. Let me first answer just real quickly. So if a, if a therapist wants to add coaching to their repertoire, that's, that's smart. So you, you expanding your business by having a description of services you offer. That's not therapy, but coaching. And a lot of therapists do that these days. I provide this, this, and this. To your second question is if a coach is not trained in psychotherapy theory or modalities, I try to make it well known. I mean, I write articles for the ICF and top 10, you know, 10 ways you'll know if a client needs to be referred elsewhere, um, things to watch out for ethically, mm -hmm. et cetera. But if somebody just has an emotional 
challenge comes up in coaching, you talk about it and they get a little tearful or they, they might talk about how pissed off they are at an employee. I, I teach my students, don't label that. Just say, I noticed your energy really shifted. What are you feeling? What are you experiencing right now? I don't say, oh, you must be feeling sad. That, that's my interpretation. I might be right, but I want them to tell me, what are you experiencing right now? The other part of your question is, there are times that people, I mean, life happens, right? So somebody might have, um, I had a client who I had for four years in different phases of her career, and then her son got killed tragically in a train accident. And I got an email from her. She said, hey, doc, here's what happened. I really need to talk to you today. So she said, hey, doc, I said, this is not going to be coaching. <laughs> but she was in a group with her husband. They were doing their therapy stuff. She just needed me to hear for a few sessions what happened and not talk about career, not talk about anything we were talking about. So it was like I could be that committed listener, but I'm not going to switch to being a therapist, especially if I'm not trained to be so. So... We try to have coaches who don't have a therapy background understand a little bit about when to refer, how to know how to refer. You don't want to say to your client, uh, I think you need to see a therapist. We should stop. No, that's a little cold. You say, you know, would it be helpful for you to have a interview with another professional? I mean, it, it could be their priest. It could be a, a counselor. It could be, but let them pick. What do you mean? Well, you know, have have you ever seen a therapist? Do you know how to contact a counselor? Um, would it be helpful for you to have a deeper look at this? Some people can do that and continue coaching. Some people need to put the coaching on hold, either financially or energetically, and then come back to it. So it's not a forced sort of thing, but it is done with compassion. Yeah, I mean, this just, I keep uh, getting terribly pleased uh, and why I think I was drawn to to your work is is exactly that that aspect I mean I actually think uh, psychotherapy and counseling we, we've got to back off uh, and be more responsive and um, uh, you know we're doing a lot of work and we've put some stuff in our book about that and there's a lot of that in 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 what you're saying uh, going you know the Ericksonian stuff as as you know find what's within find what was it, what's within the client that they help them find what they're just having trouble finding right um but then there are frameworks there are there are things that that you know through the training that you're doing where you need to take them to and mm -hmm. I, there was that just that one where you, where, where there's that trans <clears throat> that transpersonal that that um transactional uh and that transformative uh is there is there anything, I wonder if there's anything more just to give some clarity of what helps you recognize uh, when you're working with a client, what frameworks you're using? And I know they can dart in and out fairly rapidly, but are they distinctions or, uh, or what What do you find it in the, in the work? Well, when I say to my, again, as I write and teach, it's like most clients, if not all, will come to coaching and, and say what they want and have a, this is what I want to get. And, but that turns out not to be it. I mean, 90% of the time, I just made that up 90%, but a lot of the time it, it is not what they want, but they don't yet know. 
So it's not really the problem. It's not really, you know, I want to make more money or I want to have this job be better. You know, maybe what they really want is to move to another state and work for a different company or quit. the. I mean, you don't know what it is yet. Hmm. Uh, So that's one thing. And the second thing is to get the self versus the, so the doing versus the being. You know, so a lot of people might come for their job or they're referred for their job, but who are they really? Um, I used to have a person who taught with me. We'd, we'd ask this question. So what do you want for your life? I mean, let's have you fill out a, let's go for some life purpose distinctions. You know, he said, what if it's really, what does your life want for you? I went, whoa, that's a little transpersonal, but it's a great question. You know, if we, if we're called to do something, which Jung said usually came after 40, nowadays that's not even midlife yet. Um, but you have to have lived a life for a while to have coaching make sense or to be a coach. You can't be 20 years old and know your life purpose or be ready to coach others on making big changes. So that's a lot being said about that. But they're all individual. You know, if there are specialties within coaching, let me just stop with that. If I hire a health and wellness coach, I expect them to know something about health and wellness, but I'm not wanting them to tell me how to do my health and wellness. I might want that, but they're going to educate me. That's not what I do. I know some things about it, and I might send you an article based on a discussion, but it's going to be about your lifestyle choices. What is it you'd like to change? What's standing in your way? What have you tried that didn't work? I mean, it's more than that, but you get deeper and deeper into what the client wants. It's not just losing weight. It's this, not just managing my diabetes. It's more than that. So, or if I hire a business coach, I expect them to know about business, right? Yeah. Yeah. But regardless of whether you're, you know, coaching a a business person or someone, a sports person or someone who wants to lose weight, the there is a there is a there's a broad general approach at coaches yes. catalyst right yes. um where mm-hmm. you you've got those very clever exploratory questions um mm-hmm. that you're relying on across the board yeah right very very true very true and and that that humanistic uh, approach is is always shining out the uh, what's the humanity what's the what's the broader the broader expression. I mean, we we, we talk uh, Matt and I talk a lot about um, <coughs> trying to think more in in the the, the, way, the way of systems rather in the way of of yes. simple simple cause and effect. And so, right. almost always, the thing on the surface, the thing you see on the surface, is almost always something else. Which right. is you know, which I agree. is I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, well, well here's I, an, another interesting perspective that helps with me being a. I mean, good grief, I. You know, I actually trained, Carl Rogers was actually one of my teachers in the master's program. He was a oh, guest lecturer, you wow. know. Well, his stuff, empathic listening, unconditional positive regard, et cetera, that sounds like coaching's motto today. We believe the client is whole, resourceful, and capable. Well, mm. that sounds like unconditional positive regard to me. And empathic listening is what we teach. And then you've got... This is a funny short story. The first conference I went to in Europe in 2000 was in Switzerland. First time I'd ever been to Europe, and I was doing a workshop in the ICF conference in in, um, Grindelwald. And this young woman from, I I don't know where, but she was a young coach, and she did this workshop on this new technique 
to get the client to understand what's deeper. The empty chair technique. And I, I listened to it. I went up and I said, do you know the origin of that? No. I said, well, you know, Fritz Perls kind of created that with his gestalt work. And it works great, but you might want to know the history of it. So I don't know where she came. It just, there's funny things like that all the time. It's like, no, yeah. you didn't set up. Yeah, there's yeah. always this stuff. Look further. I I, I read a, a nice little book a little while ago, and I thought, I, I would love to be the resounding genius, but let's have a look and see if perhaps someone had thought of it before me. <laughs> and I go back with, with uh, Plato, uh, his allegory yeah. of the cave. And I thought, oh, and then they made some movies about it in The Matrix. Oh, well, there you go. A well-founded idea. Was my yes. was my conclusion, but it but it is that it's it's uncovering, uncovering the the depths that we already possess because you know, uh, uh, and I think this um, you know we're probably getting to a point now where, where our time is coming to a to mm. a close. But this this idea, I mean, I just love that the whole resourceful and capable. That's just yes. a beautiful expression of what what many people have been saying. Uh, mm. to us and i'm not sure we're listening too hard to so that's beautiful but is there something uh pat we've missed or is there is there just an, an, a little wrap up you'd like to to do for us before we wind up for your audience i think they would enjoy that today there's a lot out there about what they call parts work in in internal family systems you mm. know uh, voice dialogue and i'm going okay well for, you know Asajoli had subpersonalities, and Fritz Perls had his dream work, and Virginia Satir had people. It, it, it's not like a new concept; it's just reworded. In fact, James Fadiman, who I also had some graduate training with, wrote a new book called "Your Symphony of Selves," just out last week. I mean, last year. Great book, and that's what it's about. It's the parts work is something that is. Internal dialogue. What does your angry self say? I mean, I've got this dragon here that represents my, you know, the flame throwing dragon that I learned was the anger part of me that is misunderstood. I don't really throw flames at all the time. So it's that kind of, it's good to know who, where the theories come from. And they're, they're not just made out of nothing, you know, coaching is built on the wise masters of the past from varieties of theories that you guys know that I don't know, but it's not just pulled out of thin air. Yeah, know, know your history. It's important. Yes. Yeah. Have have nothing against repackaging it for a new generation to grab hold exactly. of, but but know where it's come from. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Know the history and look carefully at the human being that it comes from. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Pat, uh, I, I can't thank you enough. For this it was it was just a glorious. There were some wonderful uh, recollections, wonderful uh, discussions, some practical uh, stuff, some beautiful catchphrases. It was just a delightful interview. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. Pleasure. Very, very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Dr. Pat Williams, thank you so much for being here on The Science of Psychotherapy. As always, we'll leave links in the show notes for everybody um, so you can uh, check out Pat's uh, book and uh, his website. Um, But Pat, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. I really like Pat. (laughs) Yeah, he's a nice guy, isn't he? (laughs) Isn't he? I mean, he's he's a decent human being. He's an educated human being. Mm -hmm. And he's just straightforward. I think if he came into my office and I was a, an executive with all worries and concerns or whatever it was, it had just taken within a few minutes. I'd just have relaxed, and, and yeah. I because I found that. Yeah. But yeah. but smart, 
smart guy. He's yeah. he's um, unassuming, beautifully humble, but fabulously intelligent and effective. Fantastic. Look, I would really encourage all of our listeners, if you are a therapist, you know, have a look at um, what he is doing. I, I know I said it in the interview, um, but I'll say it again. If you are feeling a little drained, dealing with a lot of uh, trauma, psychopathologies and personality disorders, then a little bit of coaching mixed in there is something that can give you some energy back. I know that for myself, that's been my experience. And uh, Richard, I think that's your experience as well. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and and it's it's an aspect uh, as we're saying in in the interview. I mean, there are times we're dealing with past rifts and ruptures and problems and issues, but a lot of times we're just actually dealing with how to successfully move into the future and what you and I talk about a lot, the, the possibility field. And there was that fabulous stuff from Pat, that which is not yet known, not that which is not able to be known, but just not yet known. And, and, and as I always go back, you know, when we're five, that never bothered us because we didn't know anything. But suddenly we get, sort of get to a point as we grow older where we go, oh, I don't need to know anything more or there's nothing more to know. But it's always, it's always something more to know. And, uh, yeah. and Pat really brought that out as uh, we, if we go looking, we'll find fantastic stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. Do check us out on our YouTube channel. Um, also, we'd love for you to be part of the tribe over at thescienceofpsychotherapy.net. Uh, but until next time, Richard, been a pleasure. As always, man. <laughs> okay, see you later. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Science of Psychotherapy podcast. For more great science, go to thescienceofpsychotherapy.com.